Howdy, this is Dave Hill, and this is issue 49 of Dave Does the Comics. This is my monthly comic book review podcast, recorded on March 3rd, 2013. The mission of this podcast is for me to wax lyrical about a select number of comic books, graphic novels, and trade paperbacks I've read over the last month. The titles I talk about should still be on the stands or in the recent back issue bin, so hopefully this will give you a heads up, based on my opinion, about some things you might want to try. I try to avoid spoilers, but a few might leak through, so my apologies. I'm not ready for 2013, let alone being into March of that year, but here we are. It has been called to my attention that some of the folks who subscribe to this podcast via iTunes have not been seeing updates the past few months. I apologize for that. I'm hoping this month's installment will open up that backlog. If not, I'll have to look about manually loading the past few months of podcasts on there. Let's go ahead and get started with Marvel. I'm waiting for the Marvel Now trade dress to be gone from the comics that Marvel is putting out real soon now. Uh, losing an inch of art at the bottom of each issue is having some unfortunate effects on the overall uh, artistic values of the uh, books. This month's Iron Man being a good example of that. All that said, I had a lot of top-rated Marvel comics this month. We're going to start with Avengers Assemble Annual Number 1 from Marvel. Christos Gage writing, diverse hands on the art, Company Man. Uh, this year's Avengers Assemble, albeit a fully incontinuity issue, annual, focuses on the Vision, whose return to reality has been more than a bit muddled across multiple venues. In this case, though, he and the Avengers are facing a villain with an equally existential problem. Centurion, an old tragic Iron Man villain figure, tied up in the great villain corporation of that long-past era, Roxxon. Uh, how the Vision reacts to uh, Centurion's return and Centurion's attempt to destroy uh, Roxxon and what that means to his Avengers membership makes for actually a very fine story with a nice family-oriented ending as uh, icing on the cake. So, four stars. I liked this one a lot. Daredevil, number 23 from Marvel. Mark Wade writing, Chris Samney on the art. Matt and Foggy are finally reconciling their differences. But will the villain who's been masterminding the attacks on Daredevil drive them apart? And if not, will a tragic circumstance entering their lives bring this reunited pair of friends to a final fatal parting of the ways? Uh, all melodrama aside, this is really good stuff. Simultaneously fun and dramatic, jovial and deadly serious, it's classic Daredevil, written with modern sensibilities. Wade's doing a five-star job of it, abetted by Samney's rough but professional art, so I'm giving it five stars. It's amazing. Um, if you have any love of this character and you haven't been reading uh, Daredevil recently, uh, you really should do so. Guardians of the Galaxy, number 0.1 from Marvel. Brian Bendis writing, Steve McNiven on pencils. Presenting the tragic backstory of Peter Quill, Star-Lord. Rebooted for the new cosmic and movie-synergized resurgence of the Guardians. Uh, dramatic tale, told well, illustrated very neatly. The full-blown title coming up next should be on your pull list. Four stars, I liked it a lot. 
Iron Man, number six from Marvel. Kieran Gillen, writing. Greg Land on the pencils. The God Killer, number one of three. The whole Iron Man decides to wander space for a while uh, thing, on the one hand, makes a lot of sense, while on the other hand, seems just kind of goofy. Uh, it makes sense because it's the kind of whimsical, thoughtless thing that Tony Stark would do. It's goofy because, well, there's no real reason for it, aside from tying up to his joining with the Guardians of the Galaxy coming up in that title. Uh, there are some very nice bits here, though, including Tony's ill-ending seduction of an alien princess and his arrest for deicide. Uh-oh, what has Tony been up to now? Um, three stars. I liked it. Not great, um, but it may have its moments coming up. Nova, number one, from Marvel. Jeff Loeb writing, Ed McGinnis on the pencils. The other rebooting cosmic comic this month. Um, I've not kept up with the overall Nova, Nova Corps storyline for some time. There, you know, I was reading the, the other Marvel cosmic titles, and occasionally someone from the Nova Corps would show up, or Nova himself, or whoever, but... Um, I lost track of it, really. It was only kind of peripherally associated with it. So there are con some confusing moments here in reference to different factions of the Nova Corps and all of this and that. But overall, it's a pretty darn solid kid on the road to having superpowers introduction with bullies and family angst and interstellar drama, plus my favorite two guardians showing up in the last panel. I have no idea if this title will have legs, but it's definitely worth getting in on the ground floor with it. Four stars. I liked it a lot. Punisher Warzone, number five of five from Marvel. Greg Rucka writing. Carmine Di Giondomenico on the art. Uh, this is wrapping up this series and Rucka's run on Punisher with a bang, as Frank, having freed his comrade Rachel... Uh, from custody, finally goes directly toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Avengers with just the results that you'd expect, but in a way that makes it all seem fitting and dramatically worthwhile. Um, this title has never really gelled into the absolute greatness I thought it would have under Rucka's writing, but it's still been pretty darn good, and with plenty of room for, I hope, as serious another writer to take on the characters in the future. So, four stars. I liked it a lot. Superior Spider-Man, number four from Marvel. Dan Slott writing with Giuseppe Camuncoli on the pencils. The aggressive approach. Uh, Doc Ock, now occupying Peter Parker's body, continues his increasing obsession with demonstrating that he is, in fact, a superior Spider-Man, while Parker's ghostly mind watches on. I have to confess, I gave a big ho-hum when I heard about this change in the title, but damn, it's turning out to be a lot of fun to watch. Ock's, obs Ock's obsessiveness his alternating disdain and respect for Parker, and his striving to be the best Spider-Man anyone can be, while occasionally running into the walls of his previous career, are ultimately hysterical and creepy. And sometimes spot-on, like in this issue where he discovers that Peter Parker, this genius that he was going up against all the time, never finished his PhD, being just a credit short. Good stuff and a complex but well-done story in this issue. Four stars, I liked it a lot. 
Uncanny Avengers, number four from Marvel. Rick Remender writing, John Cassidy on the art. The Red Skull has the brain of Professor X and thus the dead professor's awesome psychic abilities, which he's using to turn New York into an exercise in Nazi-like natural selection of normal humans against mutants. The Avengers are fighting against him, but aren't necessarily all on the same side due to the Skull's manipulation. So on the one hand, this is grand, epic stuff. On the other hand, Remender's decided to outdo Lee and Kirby when it comes to people talking in Shakespearean cadence and import. It gets in the way, uh, and it gets way too easily off-putting, not helped by Cassidy's oddly stiff, flat, and constrained artwork. Um, both, uh, both creators can do a lot better. This should be a linchpin comic in the Marvel Universe. Instead, I can only give it two stars. It was okay. Over on the DC side of things, let's look at a few titles there. Before Watchmen, Dr. Manhattan number 4 of 4 from DC. Joe Straczynski writing, Adam Hughes on the art. Changes in Perspective. This is the final issue of the title, and this is the final month of the Before Watchmen um, issues. Uh, as Dr. Manhattan, facing an existential crisis of alternate universes he's inadvertently created and had to destroy, goes to the one mind capable of helping him. Ozymandias, thus setting into motion the Great Watchmen Saga. Good stuff, intricately crafted, though ultimately more interesting than entertaining, and ending on a somewhat anticlimactic, though suitably cosmic, note. This one will be worth buying in the collected format, though, I think. Four stars. I liked it a lot. Justice League of America, number one from DC. Jeff Johns writing David Finch on the art, World's Most Dangerous. Amanda Waller and Steve Trevor putting together their team of heroes that they themselves can control. And frankly, given how gooftastic the Justice League has been behaving, that's not an unreasonable goal. The odd, rather green-toned combo of Martian Manhunter, Green Arrow, the newest Green Lantern, Hawkman, Katana, teen Disney-like idol Stargirl, and one of the JL's goofier Past Universe members, Vibe, well, there are certainly going to be stories there, um, biggest of which is how much Waller has miscalculated in thinking that they can all be controlled. Oh, well. Uh, the art here is busy and murky. The story really of a piece with the wearying grittiness of the New 52. Uh, not surprising, given Jeff Johns is doing the writing. And it's all expectedly unpromising. Um, we will see, I guess. Two stars. It was okay. Legion of Superheroes, number 17 from DC. Paul Levitz and Keith Giffen, creators. The beginning of the end. Giffen is back to channeling his inner Jack Kirby on the artwork, and Levitz cranks up the cosmic as the fearsome five and the Promethean Giants take the stage. Uh, lots of Legionnaires trying not to get squished. Um, fun stuff, but really felt like kind of an interim chapter. Um, not a lot of there, there. Not a lot of superheroics from the Legion of Superheroes. So three stars. I liked it. Uh, Supergirl, number 17 from DC. Mike Johnson writing. Mahmoud Azrar on the art. Girl versus Goddess. Seeing Supergirl take on Wonder Woman is nicely entertaining, even if it's in the... If in the even if it's in the context of the awful Hell on Earth multi-title event. Um, enjoyable, if not cosmically noteworthy stuff. Three stars. I liked it. Other publishers. Uh, Guardians of the Globe, number six from Image. Phil Hester writing. Todd Nauck on the art. 
Uh, plenty of good bang-up combat as the Guardians try to stop Thoth and Set from destroying the world in their sibling rivalry. There's destruction, heroic death, gruesome death, and plenty of drama as the Brit takes point on ending the conflict. It's good stuff, nothing too wildly interesting, but well put together and entertaining. Uh, this title is being rebooted with the same creative team as Invincible Universe in April, which is unfortunate, though not unexpected. Um, I will be looking forward to it, though. Three stars, I liked it. Jennifer Blood, number 23, from Dynamite. Al Ewing writing, Iman Casalos on the art. This is the story. Uh, the final story of Jennifer Blood... No, not really. Well, maybe. Um, it should be, given how it ends. Though some might argue the story should have ended when Garth Ennis left um, many issues ago, instead of turning into Diary of a Mad Housewife, only with a lot more ordinance. But it's been interesting to see how Ewing has taken the story from Ennis's tale of revenge and madness to just the madness and how it catches up with one. Um, I can't particularly recommend it to anyone, but it's been an interesting ride. Um, three stars. I liked it. Red Team number one from Dynamite. Speaking of, Garth Ennis writing, Greg Cermak on the art. Um, what's the worst possible thing that can happen when a, an elite group of cops decide that a particular crime lord is so awful and so apparently immune to being caught and prosecuted after years of trying that the only way to solve the problem is to murder him? That's the question Ennis raises here, among all the other morality queries that such a story entails, and the answer is a fine one for this definitely non-superhero story moving forward. Uh, very good stuff. Four stars. Um, I liked it a lot. The Shadow, Year One, Number One, from Dynamite. Matt Wagner writing, Wilfredo Torres on the art. It's 1929, and Matt Wagner is showing us how the Shadow returned to the United States and how he became the scourge of crime that he did. I'm sure someone's told this story before, but Wagner's telling of it is excellent. The raw material of the character is all there and slowly knitting into place. Uh, the artwork is the, the biggest drawback here. It's uneven, generally good. Uh, the basic story is very neatly done. I look forward to more. Uh, four stars. I liked it a lot. Okay, some quickie reviews of some of the other books I read this past month. Uh, two stars, okay. Uh, Earth 2, number 9 from DC. Three stars, I liked it and wanted to keep on re want to keep on reading the title. Uh, Astonishing X-Men, number 59 from Marvel. Avengers, number 6 from Marvel. Birds of Prey, number 17 from DC. Ferris, number 12 from DC Vertigo. Journey into Mystery, number 649 from Marvel. Knights of the Dinner Table, number 196 from Kenzerco. Red She-Hulk, number 62 from Marvel. Secret Avengers, number 37 from Marvel, final issue. Superman Family Adventures, number 9 from DC. Winter Soldier, number 15 from Marvel. And World's Finest, number 9 from DC. And then for some four-star reviews. I liked these a lot and recommend them to uh, anyone. Avengers Arena, number 5 from Marvel. Dennis Hopeless writing, Kev Walker on the art. Avenging Spider-Man, number 17 from Marvel. Christopher Yost writing, Paco Medina on pencils. FF, number 4 from Marvel. Matt Fraction writing, Michael Allred on the art. Hawkeye, number 8, from Marvel, Matt Fraction writing, David Aha on the art. Saga, number 10, from Image, Brian K. Vaughn writing, Fiona Staples on the art. Savage Wolverine, number 2, from Marvel, Frank Cho writing and art. Thief of Thieves, number 12, from Image, Robert Kirkman and James Asmus writing, Sean Martin Brough on the art. 
And X-Factor number 252 from Marvel, Peter David writing and Leonard Kirk on the pencils. All of those four stars uh, recommended to pretty much anyone to read. And finally, last but not least, some named reviews. The best cover of the month. John Constantine, Hellblazer, number 300 from DC Vertigo. Peter Milligan writing, Giuseppe Comuncoli and Stefano Landini on the art. Death and Cigarettes, Finale, Ash. This is the final issue of Hellblazer, as it's being rebooted as a non-Vertigo title in the near future, tying in with the DC New Universe's version of Constantine, who's merely dark and roguish, not twisted and vicious and passionate and overconfident and both terrified and terrifying, like the one we've been following along for the last 300 issues. This particular story wraps up all the loose ends and leaves John where perhaps he should be, though he doesn't seem particularly pleased by the prospect. I have to give it three stars. I liked it. Not a lot, but um, it ended. Uh, it ended. Uh, but the cover by Simon Bisley is so perfectly emblematic of the final end of Constantine as we've known him, I have to give it five stars. The best collection I read this month... Essential Warlock Trade Paperback from Marvel. This black-and-white collection of all the in-title appearances of Adam Warlock, including the classic last few appearances in Marvel Team-Up, uh, is trippy in the extreme. Originally in the early 70s, uh, Adam Warlock was the hippie superhero Jesus figure of Counter-Earth fighting the corrupting evil of the man-beast at the behest of the High Evolutionary. Yeah, it's as zany as it sounds. But it got even more wild once Jim Starlin got hold of him and started running him through his cosmic paces in deep space against his mad other self, the Magus, the Universal Church of Truth, and ultimately, Thanos of Titan. Along the way, we also picked up a couple of other characters in the saga, including Pip the Troll and now member of the Guardians of the Galaxy, Gamora the Assassin. It's wild, crazy, psychedelic psychodrama and some truly great comics to boot. For the sheer audacity and richness of ideas and Fabu Starlin writing and art to go along with the authorial luminaries like Roy Thomas, Jerry Conway, and Bill Matlow, I give this five stars. Um, it's just amazing. The best all-ages collection I read this month. PS238, Volume 7, Daughters, Sons, and Shrink Ray Guns from Do Gooder Press, Aaron Williams writing and art. Uh, this is picking up where I was last month, um, catching up on the various collected volumes of PS238. This next one is also terrific fun, as the various residents of the School for Superpowered Kids deal with uh, order and chaos, with mythical Middle Ages, with a soccer game against their mysterious counterparts, the Praetorian Academy. Um, it's all just uh, terrific stuff. Stay tuned for more. Four stars. I liked it a lot. Uh, your kids probably would, too. Finally, the best book of the month, New Avengers, number three, from Marvel. Jonathan Hickman writing, Steve Epting on the pencils, Infinity. There's about seven kinds of crazy going on in this book about the Illuminati and their struggle against dimensional collisions that are likely to destroy the world. We learn what happened to Professor X's mind, Infinity Gem. We see the first incursion of another Earth, we see the Infinity Gauntlet recreated, and we see the first major descent from the Illuminati and their plans and what they do about it. 
This, this is big cosmic conspiratorial stuff, just what you'd expect from Hickman. Damned good work. Five stars. Uh, I thought it was fabu. Alrighty, now a summary of the best of the best. Four-star stuff. Avengers Arena number five, Avengers Assemble Annual number one, Avenging Spider-Man number 17, Before Watchmen, Dr. Manhattan number four of four, FF number four, Guardians of the Galaxy 0.1, Hawkeye number eight, Nova number one, PS238 volume seven, Punisher Warzone number five of five, Red Team number one, Saga number 19, Savage Wolverine number two, The Shadow year one number one, Superior Spider-Man number four, Thief of Thieves, number 12 from Image, and X-Factor, number 252 from Marvel. And yes, that's a lot of Marvel comics in the top tier there. Uh, even more so on the five-star, amazing stuff, Daredevil, number 23, Essential Warlock trade paperback, and New Avengers, number 3. And that, as they say, is that. The next episode should be the weekend of April 6th. Thank you all for listening to this Dave Does the Comics podcast. On my homepage, which you can find through the wonders of Google, you can see all the lovely covers for these lovely comic books and leave comments on the podcast. I can be reached there or tweeted at 3 underscore star underscore Dave. You can also find my trade paperback and graphic novel reviews at goodreads.com, the Dave Hill in Inglewood, Colorado. I welcome your feedback, especially your suggestions for books I should try. I hope you've enjoyed this 21 minutes out of your life. Thanks once again, and as Stanley is so fond of saying, Wow! That was a lot of Marvel Comics! <laughs>